did I tell you my parents are going to the coronation concert? Okay, are they playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're Mumford and Sons. <laughs> are you gonna bark all day? This is a tasty burger. I am just a figment of your imagination. Here's Johnny. You are a sad, strange little man. These guys were that. Don't fail me again. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Popcorn Bucket Podcast with It's Raining Ben, Hallelujah, It's Raining Ben, Amen, and Rob. This is a regular look at the wonderful world of films, film franchises, and film nonsense. This week is a one-shot episode where we pick a topic and choose a standalone film which isn't connected to a sequel, spin-off, or prequel, and hope that the other hasn't picked it, and hope we've chosen wisely and uniquely. This week, the random popcorn maker film topics has popped out weather-related movies. It's cloudy with a chance of podcasts. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, why weather movies? Um, because the song "It's Raining Men" came on in the car, and I started thinking, "Ah, it's raining Ben," and, and that was why. <laughs> well, that's that's mildly better than me just thinking you were utterly bereft of ideas and just staring out the window and going, "God, it's a bit sunny today." Nope, nope. It was, it was just because I thought it's raining Ben, and then before I was a bit late because I was mucking around with ChatGPT. Good and I have, because I, initially I asked it to, I wanted Whisper it to, sweet nothings into your ear. I wanted it to rewrite the introduction in the style of a weather report. Um, okay. And it didn't, it, it misunderstood me initially. It, it did a, compita- a conversation between Ben and Rob. So we don't really need each other anymore. But, um, oh, brilliant. Well, you can, you can read the script out. I will do. I'll, I'll get to that. So, okay. So, this is the weather forecast version of our introduction. Good day, everyone. This is your regular weather forecast update brought to you by the Popcorn Bucket Podcast with your hosts, Ben and Rob. This week, we have a unique one-shot episode where we discuss films that revolve around the theme of weather, from disaster movies to heartwarming dramas we hope to have each chosen wisely and uniquely. So let's take a look at the weather conditions for this episode. We have a high chance of exciting and engaging film discussions with a 100% probability of insightful critiques and recommendations. The temperature inside the studio is a comfortable 72 degrees Fahrenheit, 22 degrees Celsius, with a slight breeze blowing in from the air conditioning. None of that's true. Expect a warm and friendly atmosphere with scattered laughs and occasional banter between our hosts. As for the films we've chosen, we can't predict the outcome of our discussions, but we guarantee a fun and entertaining episode ahead. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the Popcorn Bucket Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time for another exciting film topic. I mean, AI isn't quite there yet. I mean, it 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 made numerous mistakes. Uh, that that is good though. I know, I know. I, I appreciate is... I'm a bit late to this whole AI thing, but I've become quite addicted to it. I then uh, asked yeah. it because I couldn't think of any um, weather related Rob songs apart from replacing "Sun" in the Beatles. Here comes the sun with "Here comes the Rob." So I asked <laughs> <You> it. <laughs> That's an after dark number, anyway. Any other songs that can be written rewritten with Rob in the title? Sure. Here are some weather-related songs that could be rewritten with Rob in the title. Number one, Here Comes Rob, like Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. Robbie Days, like Sunny Days by Sesame Street. Blowing in the Rob, like Blowing in the Wind by Bob Dylan. <laughs> Ain't No Rob, like Ain't No Sunshine. Robbie Weather, like Singing in the Rain. I don't know, that's wrong. Surely Singing in the Rob would make more sense. <laughs> Robbie with a chance of meatballs, like Rainy with a chance of meatballs. <laughs> Robbie Say skies, cloudy with the, cloudy with a chance of Rob balls. <laughs> Robbie skies, like blue skies. Robbie afternoon, like lazy afternoon. Robbie days are here again. These Happy are t- days are here again, and Robbie night. 
like Silent Night. <laughs> <laughs> I hope these inspire you to come up with some creative lyrics for a Rob-themed weather song. Oh, I think we should just jack in the episode and just and have a co-host. I mean, we may as well just have <laughs> ChatGPT do it. Yeah, wow. Um, I, 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 I don't know how to follow that. I can't follow AI. Well, one thing that ChatGPT cannot tell us is how the last one shot went. That's true. So, Rob, Ben, strike back for the human resistance yep. and give us the results. Well, last week we had last episode we had Bruce Willis films. I chose um, Pulp Fiction, and you chose The Last Boy Scout. And I put it to the listeners. I was quite pleased with the pictures I used. I used Lord Zed from Power Rangers for Pulp Fiction because of Zed's dead baby. And yeah. Pat from Ghosts as the last Boy Scout for for, for your one. And yeah. I got 66% of the vote and you got 33% of the vote. That's not terrible considering I was up against Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Well, c- congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah. No, happy with that. Well, I'm I'm not. I don't like losing. Um, but uh, just get used to it. Oh, suddenly we've got a few. Oh, sorry, that, that, the was, that wasn't me. And, that was uh, that was uh, chat. Yeah, and it's, it's some Stop Sammy Smack Rumble. talk comes out. Yeah, Robbie Rumble. Well, you know that sucks. I need to. Uh, I need to. Again, as always, when I find out that I've lost, I'm kind of like, hmm. This week isn't going to change things. <laughs> I think it's just my general attitude towards this. Oh, you're going through this that theme again. Letting now. me down. It's not theme. I clearly need to. I clearly need to approach this differently. Maybe I just need to f- pick super famous films everyone knows. I haven't done that this time though. But anyway, you carry on. Um, my wayward Rob. I replaced Son. I see Rob. My Rob. Would... Yeah. <laughs> so. Chat GPT back to that misunderstood me the first time because I put can you write this in the style of weather report and hit enter and then thinking it would do a li- like do a line break but instead it just sent the chat off and then for some reason it gave me a weather report which wasn't quite warranted and then I didn't realize this and carried on typing and then so it took the introduction and wrote out a script between Ben and Rob so I can read that bit out for you please so I, all I said was, I just typed in the introduction, the hello and welcome stuff, and this week we, we popped up weather. Well, we've popped Rob, up weather. can you maybe copy and paste it, and we'll we'll speak our own bits? Oh, yes. Oh, I can. Yeah. Can I? Yes, because now we're using Discord. And where do I paste it in here? This is fascinating. I, I, I mean, don't know whether you're going to edit this out. or oh, There we are. There's a chat box. Oh, wow. There's a chat box? There we go. That should have gone to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. It's not in the lobby. You fucked up somehow, Rob. No, I didn't. It's there. It's in the lobby. Or maybe it's just in the chat thing. It's where the, it's where the anchor invites usually ended up. Here chat. we go. Here we go. Right. Oh, wow. It's got me starting. Yeah. I suppose you were first in the Ben and Rob. Yeah. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Popcorn Bucket Podcast. I'm Ben, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Rob. Hey, how's it going, guys? So this week, we decided to choose a film that revolves around the theme of weather. And let me tell you, it was a tough choice. It wasn't. Yeah, don't go off script, man. Sorry, okay. Stick yeah, the there are so many good... <laughs> Will you stop treading on my lines? You're not a very giving scene partner. I'll have... <laughs> You're not exactly Stephen Toast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, there are so many good weather films out there, from disaster movies like Twister to heartwarming dramas like The Perfect Storm. It was hard to narrow it down. But we each managed to choose a film that we think stands out in its unique way. I'll go first. My pick for this week is The Day After Tomorrow. Ah, great choice. (laughs) That film really shook me up as a kid. The idea of a sudden global weather catastrophe was terrifying. Yeah, and the special effects were really impressive too. The scenes of New York City being engulfed by a massive tidal wave and frozen over by a sudden ice age were just jaw-dropping. Definitely. <laughs> My pick <laughs> this week is Into the Storm. No, it isn't. <laughs> it's a found footage-style disaster movie about a group of storm chasers trying to capture footage of a series of deadly tornadoes. Oh yeah, I remember that one. I don't. It had some pretty intense sequences, like when they get caught in the eye of the storm. Yeah, and I thought the use of the found footage style really added to the realism and tension of the film. Well, those are two great picks, but ultimately, it's up to our listeners to decide which film they think is best. So to be sure, let us know in the comments, and tune in next week for another episode of the Popcorn Bucket Podcast. What he said. I added that last bit. Yeah, which I added. Which felt right. Yeah, I know, but you were, you were doing it, treading over lines. Like the Mine was at the end. Yeah. I had, I had the space to work with, you see? I, I do apologise. Thank you. I like did 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 it guess yes. our pick? It, it guessed my pick. Yes, I have gone for the day after tomorrow, but I didn't tell okay. it. It was really strange. It knows me so well. <laughs> I bet you were really freaked out by that. Uh, I, I just, it just, I, I don't know. It just knows that I'm. Uh... My my pick is the day after tomorrow. My home address is <laughs> like. <laughs> oh wow! I'm reading this of my own free will. Yeah, that's. I mean, it shows that we could basically get the podcast done in a few sentences. Five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We just go, my pick is this, your yeah. pick is that. Those are two great picks. See you next time. Wow. Yeah, it was weird. So, so anyway, Rob, I mean, if you, you if you'd picked for... Into the Storm, that. Um... Yeah, no, I haven't. I'm not. Yeah. Go on, but you did pick. <laughs> I did pick. Did pick I did tomorrow. pick the day after tomorrow, yeah. Well, can you say it in, in a kind of final kind of way so that kind of leads up to the trailer being cut in? So my so pick my for this pick week, is... I'll just, in fact, I'll just read, it, read out that line again. But we each okay. managed to choose a film that we think stands out in its own unique way. I'll go first. My pick for this week is The Day After Tomorrow. We've found something extraordinary. Extraordinary and disturbing, that is. You recall what you said about how polar melting might disrupt the North Atlantic current? Yes. Well, I think it's happening. The government has to start making long-term preparations now. Jack, all you have is a theory. It's been raining like this for three days now. Mr. Vice President, if we don't act now, it's going to be too late. I'm afraid that time has come and gone, my friend. What can we do? Save as many as you can. just gonna get worse what should we do i will come for you do you understand me or overmorrow which apparently is the same word overmorrow yeah overmorrow is an english word that means the day after tomorrow well i didn't know that what are you doing every day's a school day
released in 2004, directed by Roland Emmerich, starring Dennis Quaid, Jake Gyllenhaal, Celia Ward, Emmy Rossum, Ian Holm, and that was pretty much the only people listed on Wikipedia. Jack Hall, paleoclimatologist, must make a daring trek from Washington, D.C. to New York City to reach his son, trapped in the crosshairs of a sudden international storm which plunges the planet into a new ice age without Sid the Sloth. It so, would have been better with Sid and Scrat and Diego. If you think the whole film should have been Jedge and Hall chasing after a, an acorn, but like proportionate yeah. size of Scrat. So like <laughs> yeah. an, an, an acorn the size of his head, I guess. What what part of that does not equal ticket sale to you? Yeah. Well, actually, one of the things I read about this um, I, on IMDb, so who knows, um, was that uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone wanted to release the same film with puppets on the same day, but using exactly the same dialogue. <laughs> yeah. But they were told by lawyers that there is no way that film would ever be released. They should have done it anyway, though. Cowards. So, Rob, tell us about the day after tomorrow. I don't mean Tuesday, am I right? But it's but you know, okay. Your your mileage will will vary based. Should I just record all the days of the week? Well, I suppose Actually, really, as we as we tend to release this on a Tuesday, you say, but it's happening Thursday, right? So, the day after tomorrow was based on a sort of true, sort of fictional book called "The Coming Global Superstorm." which had mm-hmm. um, analytical parts and short fictional scenarios describing what might transpire if a destabilization of the North Atlantic current were to occur. Because, I mean, from what I remember, um, by what I remember, I literally finished watching it about 20 minutes ago. Day after tomorrow? Uh, yeah. Okay. It, was, it wasn't my pick, but I had a feeling that you were going to I pick. I am very rude one. It, look, if even AI can predict which film you're going to pick... Old regular eye can uh, can can do it too. So I hadn't seen it for a while anyway, and that's like the one that my head went to. Well, when I figured you said weather yeah, movies. If it's weather movies, I might as well pick a film that's got all the weather in it. It does. It does have pretty much all the weather: snow, hail, um, tornado, rain, lightning, flood, sunshine. Yeah, yeah. Tsunamis. Obviously, the yes. Obviously, the. Uh, the science. It, I think you're missing the point. If you're if you're looking for scientific accuracy, this is not your movie. Oh yeah, no, no, it's uh, it, it's not at all. It was no. screened to a load of scientists who like to see how accurate it was, and they're like, yeah, it's not. Twentieth Century Fox invited a group of scientists to preview this movie to test their reactions to the science. None of them were impressed with what they saw. The most <laughs> conceded it was enjoyable nonsense. Mm. Had you seen you'd seen the movie before, but I imagine yeah, like I mean, probably not for a while. Yeah, not for a while. Probably not since well the mid two thousands, I guess, when it came out. It was one of those ones that it's got a really iconic film poster that um, Statue of Liberty frozen. Yes, um, you know, up to I think I can't remember. It's just a hand of like the the hand holding the flame, I think, sticking out the snow. Yeah. The head. But um, no, it's 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 it was an iconic image. I think even before the the trailers were released. As with a lot of Roland Emmerich movies, I remember the advertising campaign, and I remember the shots of the Statue of Liberty being hit by tidal waves, mm. the Hollywood sign being destroyed, yeah, and and then and yes, and then the the sort of big freeze, this the sort of thing. But they definitely they got a lot of usage out of that top down shot of New York with the flood going, yeah, 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 yeah. all through the streets. Are those the ones that really uh, stuck out to me this time? 
watching it, I was sort of thinking it'd be nice to almost see it again on the big screen because the the sort of the yeah the, those those wide shots the, the the top view of New York and there's like a wave point of view as well where you're you're sort of um, coursing along through New York of the water rising and the tsunami hitting um, the the various tornado shots the buildings being ripped apart it's it would be nice to see it on a really big screen I think for sure. Well, it's got that it's got that scale to it, yes. hasn't it? Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. kind of you kind of want to be punched in the eyes and ears cinematically by it. I get it. When I saw John Wick four, hmm. did I say I saw Chapter four in the cinema? Yeah, yeah, yeah. what to me? Yeah, yeah, but on the podcast, I mean, but no, I saw no, it at the no. IMAX. And there's there's the scene uh, there's a scene in the opening thing where he's just training and he's just punching like a bag, but you know it's an exaggerated thum sound anyway. But it damn near took my eardrums out. Mm. It was so damn loud. So I imagine something like the day after tomorrow, with all that sort of massive destruction or whatever, it would look and sound the business. And I imagine it probably would still look pretty good. The actual kind of destruction and everything. I mean, it's yeah. hard to tell on a smaller screen, but I imagine it probably still looks pretty legit. It was. Um, it had the longest CGI, C- continuous CGI shot. The the opening of it. Because it opens with a sort of panning across a glacier, mm. and, and so that was, yeah, the, uh, at at the time the longest CGI shot since like the eighties or something. Continuous shot. Wow. So, do you feel this holds up? The elements of watching this. So the, the the main story is Dennis Quaid is a paleoclimatologist uh, who predicts this storm and says how bad it's going to be. It's it's like a once in a, you know. 2000 year or a 10,000 year storm or something. And that basically the entire Northern Hemisphere will freeze. So everyone needs to go south. Nobody believes him. And it's about weather going down in dramatic, cold ways. And then Jake Gyllenhaal, his son being trapped in the New York Public Library and Dennis Quaid trying to get back to his son. Yeah. Um, oh, to, to, from to, Washington DC. From Washington DC to, uh, yeah, to New York. It feels like a proper old school disaster film. Where I think at the time it was one of the first disaster movies since 9-11, first big one, certainly first one to be in New York, mm. which had some criticism at the time. I mean, I remember sort of in people complaining about the two towers being called the two towers after 9-11 for the Lord of the Rings. So I yeah. think things were very sensitive. Yeah, rightly so. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, people, well, understandably people were so. still sort of freshly hurt by the whole thing and it would, it, you know, there was yeah, there were calls of too soon, yeah, yeah. and uh, and things like that. So yeah, and this was what two thousand four. Yeah, it was going to be released in two thousand three, but bumped back because it was felt it was slightly too soon. Two years later, so three years later, and apparently there were screenings in New York where people like really pleased to see, like to see the city being flooded. I, I don't know, I don't know if that's true <laughs> or not, but. I imagine. I imagine that is. I see. I. I, I imagine that New Yorkers are a, a, a tough bunch of people. Mm. I mean, there's so it's such a mixing pot. Yeah. Anyway, like there's so many different creeds, races, genders, you know, whatever. Like it's it's just all in there. But they all kind of love their loud, filthy city. And and I say that well, it definitely gets washed in this been. film. Yeah, I know. But that's the thing. It's a big clean in this movie. But uh, but you know, it's. It's one of those things which I I imagine I imagine that yeah they probably would you know just to just to see just to see the Statue of Liberty get yeah it doesn't get knocked over no so yeah, yeah. so it, it feels like a, a good old fashioned disaster film 
for the action shots. So there's tornadoes, there's massive hailstones, there's snow, there's ice, water. And, but the human element of it, it feels really small, feels really slight, but not in a kind of, you know, um, not in a kind of, this tiny story tells a much bigger story. It just feels, everything, everyone seems really calm throughout it. Like for an end of the world disaster, everyone's just kind of like, yeah, should we go? Yeah, probably stay inside. Okay, yeah. Should we burn some books? Yeah. It, it just, I, I felt it was quite sedate almost. Nobody really seemed that bothered. They were just a bit cold. <laughs> yeah. This is the thing that I was I was struck with. Now I think you would have, in terms of the flood water and things, there'd be more concentration on the on the human cost of it all. So you would have dead bodies everywhere. Yeah, a, there's a little bit of that, but not like yeah. When well, you just get you just, yeah, you get a few, but then you mostly get that it's just when that cop goes out and he's like, yeah, we should move now because yeah. the snow is is is. Uh, tough enough to walk on and then that sort of old couple and they just they look peaceful they look like the old yeah. couple in titanic yeah. yeah 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 you know so so instead of instead of being frozen in a horrific way or or kind of whatever they're just it's just like they just lay down and went to sleep maybe that was post 9-11 caginess maybe a lot of a lot of the movie does take place in new york you know mm. the, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the other stuff is is basically sort of flavor text just it's happening yes, elsewhere all around the world yeah because there's some hailstones in china yeah and britain gets a gets a rough yeah. ride of it yeah so adrian lester's in in, in in home but adrian lester is one of the scientists in the scottish um uh the sort of research station and there's a that when they're um they're noticing that some of their, their sort of Atlantic monitoring boys have a sort of malfunctioning. There's three go. I thought it's really disappointing they didn't go, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. But you know, I'm, I'm not a script I'm writer. glad they didn't. No. Okay. Uh, um, but I like Adrian Lester. He, he I mean, Americans call them buoys. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, that was the thing. And I'm so used to sort of hearing that now that when they said there's a boy, you know, the boy's wrong or something like that, I was just like, what is he kind of, he's chastising a younger member of the scientific team. Uh, <laughs> Your boy's but gone no. wrong. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. The, the boy's malfunctioning. I thought it would cut to a hilarious shape of like, I don't know, a young intern failing to make tea properly or something. <laughs> yeah. Although that's interesting because I, because I bumped on the fact that when they're talking about degrees when they're in scotland they're always talking in fahrenheit because it's the american mm. audiences rather than celsius also am i am i wrong in thinking this yes like uh, no, no 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 it says the royal family have been airlifted are they on the helicopter crash no the, the helicopters crash are going to get them from balmoral i think oh bugger and i think the implication is they don't all the, the, the helicopters don't make it so no one else they made it um, right yeah, that 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 helicopter scene. That that's one thing I do remember from the film was that them sort of opening the um the doors and just freezing instantly. Mm. It's a good thing we had a scene beforehand saying about a woolly mammoth that froze instantly, isn't it? Yes. Otherwise, we're not knowing what's going on. Yeah. So apparently, for that, um, so. Yeah, the, the the other storm is meant to draw super cold air from the upper troposphere and is stated for being the reason people are instantly frozen. 
The air temperature in the upper troposphere is around minus 57 degrees Celsius. Even at the most extreme, even at the most extreme does not fall below minus 80 degrees Celsius. And at that temperature, people do not instantly freeze or neither do buildings. Siberia in Russia holds the most, holds the record for the coldest permanently inhabited place on Earth when it dropped to minus 71.6 degrees, yet nobody was killed by this cold snap. In order to instantly freeze, you would need a medium that has great heat transference and air doesn't. Mm. Sorry to burst your bubble. Or shatter your frostbitten corpse. That's a much more psychopathic saying. (laughs) I don't think that's going to catch on. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) Sorry to shatter your frostbitten corpse. Yeah, no, I was really pleased to see Adrian Esco like him. He would have been my pick for James Bond when he was younger. And every time he mentioned his kid, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was, um, just stop, stop talking about your kids. If you want to survive in the film, just stop talking about your kids. Well, it worked for it did, Dennis it Actually, it did work for Dennis Quaid, yeah. He was talking about his son, and and his son is brilliant to everything, and it's just the teacher's out to get him. Mm. There's no development to that at all. He's just very yeah. smart. Yes. And, and I would have liked the fact that maybe he did cheat mm. on his test, and that was the thing. That would have been like a flaw. That would yeah, be cool, no, wouldn't it? Uh, 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 I don't. I mean, I like Judge Law. I don't really buy Dennis Quaid as the leading man. No, I don't. He, it's. I don't think he's that memorable in the, in the film. It, no. I don't know. It, it does seem. I, I don't know to walk from Washington to New York. Apparently, it would take you thirty hours if you're doing it nonstop. Mm. Well, they they drove some of the way, but until they, they couldn't, did. and then and then walked. I I just been like, look, we can always make another son. Yeah, that's true. You know, and maybe he could have trusted his son. The kid's smart. He could have said the kid's smart. He knows how to handle himself. And maybe, maybe Jakey G like applies some of the stuff that his dad taught him. You get yeah. a little bit of that when he kind of uh, fashions the chairs to be snowshoes and yeah. and whatever. You know, wouldn't wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if maybe after the storm had passed, maybe Dennis Quaid ran into trouble and he was saved by his son they mm. met like halfway yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but you know it's a fucking hack script <laughs> i mean mi- mi- you know uh, it, it is mrs it is. b was watching it and she took issue with the curtains that nobody drew the curtains because that would have been a good way of insulating the building or if they weren't going to draw the curtains they could have pulled them down and used them for blankets that's, that's true that is very true well, i know who i want on my side if uh, in, like, the next ice age comes or maybe maybe that's just her one useful bit of information about curtains. <laughs> I don't know. She seems to have her head screwed on, though, when it comes to that sort of stuff. Yep. Survivalist. Um, so, so, yeah, the Hollywood sign. Cause I always like seeing the Hollywood sign in films. I, I, I mentioned it before. I think I mentioned it on the very first thing we recorded and never released. But I do mm. like see, I do like seeing the Hollywood sign. And then it got, it yeah. got, got it, it went. It's yeah. the Hollywood sign is copyrighted. You have to you have to pay them money to feature the Hollywood sign in your film. It's the same reason because I looked up the trivia for uh Tomorrow, I only briefly skimmed it. Yeah. The thing about the public library. Yes, yes, I've read that. Apparently there's lines you, you outside well there's lines outside the New York Public Library. Not real ones. Yeah. Maybe. And <laughs> you have to pay a lot to film them. So they yeah. only film the public access bit that's free to film. Yeah. Yeah, the actual lions. If you want to show the the uh, the iconic lions outside the front of the New York Public Library, you have to pay. Um, so, and I didn't know that. This all these all these places have just snaffled up the copyright on 
their own thing. I mean, it, it helps in one way, but you know, I mean, where's where's that where's that money for the Hollywood copyright going? Is it the maintenance of the sign? Because I don't think so. Somehow, oh, that's true. Well, somebody Follow must have the money. Land. Yeah, yeah. So you were saying? Goes. Um, yeah, there's a mobile game the called. The, yeah, there's a mobile game called Tornado.io. Tornado. And oh yeah, in which you are a tornado going around, sort of um, destroying buildings. The elements of it reminded me of that game. It's a fun game. The, Roland Emmerich. You can criticise him for many, many things, and people have, but he knows his way around an iconic shot of destruction. I mean, hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't remember much of this movie, but I remembered all the, the things that you yeah, said. Yeah, the destruction stuff. Also, you saw it twenty minutes ago, so you, you know, if you can't well, remember that, before that, though. All oh, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, before so, that, you know, like if someone said the day of tomorrow, I remembered the poster. Yes. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remembered the the shot of the. Uh, multiple tornadoes in LA. Mm. You know, I, I, you know, I, I didn't remember the hailstones though. The hailstones actually, so that was more disturbing. Yeah. So Lewis Litt from Suits is in it. Um, guy, uh, sorry, I can't remember his name. The actor's name, Rick Hoffman, I think. I mean, you got time to look it up. I have. I took a screenshot and then I was just on the wrong thing. Rick Hoffman. Yeah. So yeah. he is one of the you know the people who brought the way onto the bus. And then instantly oh, yeah. get drowned. So he is yeah. the, the main one, but basically playing the same character he does in the early seasons of Suits. And there's a subplot involving him that was mostly cut where he and the two friends with him were unethical businessmen doing an illegal securities trading plan with a Japanese colleague who's the one who gets killed by the Hailstones. So that's supposed to be a whole subplot. Oh. Mm. Wow, weird. <laughs> yeah, of all the, of, you know, when you, when you look at it and you go, oh, you know, like this is, you know, this clearly had a chunk cut out. That would not have been no. first on my mind. No, because they just turn up and they're just like instantly almost like shortcut to just horrible businessmen type things. Yeah, yeah, they're clearly douches. Yeah, but there would have been a lot more showing exactly what they were doing. Mm. Yeah. What do you think of the homeless guy with his dog? Yeah, he's alright. Yeah, I quite liked the the thing I didn't get. But again, there's no character is, development with any of them. There's no there's no one like he's told you not to put your dog in, and then he does. And he then teaches he teaches. Oh, he teaches the rich, rich kid. He does. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. In his in his clothes, but that's it. You know, I mean, it's yeah, yeah. I found I I found that whole thing a little weird. Like not him. I mean, it, you know, it shows all the different people in New York and, and all the different kind of backgrounds all coming together under one roof. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's fine. But it's just, yeah, I, I was wondering other than being like a, a, a kind of character, you know, a, 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 as like a memorable personality, I don't know why he was in the movie, but then I don't know why quite a few of these people, I don't know. They seem to be in a penthouse thing. That rich guy's dad's house or whatever, yes. and but then they go to the public library. I guess I mean I don't know the geography of New York. I assume the public library is fucking massive, um, so I imagine it probably does have very very high floors. But there are higher places in New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. You think that's where that? Would be. But then, I mean, realistically, apparently the tsunami would have knocked those buildings over anyway. Mm. Also, yeah. as you say that about it being a massive building, so I'm sure it has more than one copy of most of the books. 
So <laughs> when they're talking about the book burning thing, <laughs> it's not like <laughs> it's not like that's the last one. There must be loads of them. Okay, yes, the the Gutenberg Bible, fine, but the rest of it, meh. most of them they, they would have had. They seem to sort of stress about burning the books quite quickly when there was probably multiple. Copies. I know. What are they? The Florida Educational Board. Topical. Indeed. I was expecting more of a ooh, but no, it's cool. I can just add add that in. Not from you, just from. I get one online. You can get anything on these kind of royalty free sound sites these days. <laughs> yeah, they're still worrying about that sort of stuff when it's just like, no, you're burning it to survive. So you can, like, yeah, yeah you can keep your pile of books. And there's there also, and I mean, there. there's a lot of wood in the library as well. They could have yeah. chopped up that or broken that and used that if they wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, so, and that, so that, yeah, of the things I remember from the film from years ago was, was the sort of the, the burn the books and the sort of the, you know the reluctance to do it, and also the 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 border being closed, the the Mexican border being closed on the Mexican side, and the the sort of the, I guess the irony of people trying to flee America into Mexico illegally, and in my yeah. memory it was just a kind of like a throwaway thing, but it's quite heavy handed, where they were like, oh look what's happening here, you know, dramatic what, turn of events. What are you talking about? That was super subtle. Yeah. Especially when, when, when the, the acting president, I guess he's just the full president because the, the other president died on the way back to his home planet. Yeah. Because he was the last person to leave. I mean, surely he would have been first. No matter what he's, no matter what his protestations were, surely they'd have been like, no, you're out first. Yeah. But, uh, but so, <laughs> so they have that and I love the fact that the president appears on the weather channel yes yeah yeah at the end when he's giving his sort of yeah <laughs> I don't know why that's really funny yeah. yeah and he was talking about how gracious the, the the all the other countries that you know we've we've tried so, to keep out god damn it yeah, all the things we would describe as the third world yes and also that that we should stop burning fossil fuels and you know using up all our natural resources and it fixed everything, and yeah. we're all fine now. So yeah, I, yes, it's amazing that kind of that into well, yeah, in two thousand and three or the early two thousands that they're still talking that the same same stuff we are now, and that there's a bunch mm-hmm. of politicians that don't believe and everything. Yeah. Well, I I just think it's it's one of those things that it's not going to change. We, and, we we yeah, I hate to be a a, a, a doomcaster here, but it's it's not going to change. There are too many people making too much money. Hmm. Off the whole thing, off off the the status quo. I maybe, but I think historically and in recent history as well, people have only believed that the bad thing will happen when it's actually happening, and it's yeah, too late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so so we're going to have plenty of sort of, I mean, heat waves and 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 extreme weather and stuff, and and by the time we realise that. Oh wait, maybe this isn't a laugh. We're fucked. So a lot of the criticisms of the film when it came out were that it was too overtly political. Even down to the fact the casting of the president looks like uh, Dick Cheney. Yes. So the vice president like Dick Cheney. Yeah, yeah. Old Emmerich is is not a subtle man. He can be accused of many things, but subtlety is not one of them. I told you they in Godzilla they had the mayor Ebert and yes. and his yeah, yeah, political. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Siskel and Godzilla didn't even eat them. Yeah, they survived. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> so yes, he, he's he's not he's not the best at political commentary. But it it has to be said, it's all still relevant. 
I mean, it's ludicrous, but it's yep. the, the 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 main message of the thing is still relevant. So there were boat. Oh well, there's a big boat that floats down through New York. That <laughs> And there was Chekhov's wolves that escaped from the zoo. And then they became boat wolves. So that was cool. <laughs> I, and then they just go away. Rob, I, I I don't think they were ever there in the first place. I think they were computer generated. I know they looked photorealistic at all times. <laughs> um, but so, I'm pretty sure they were CG. I watched this and then I, then I sort of Googled to see if there ever had been a sequel or anything. Just because... I had a horrible thought because I only watched it yesterday. I was like, oh, I'm not going to have time. But there didn't seem to be. So at the end of the film, when Dennis Quaid and Jake Gyllenhaal are reunited and are going off in helicopters and the storm has passed and there's a new world order that the most of the Northern Hemisphere is covered in ice and everything's readjusting. And you see all the people on other buildings in New York sort of being rescued from helicopters. And in some ways, I'm surprised he didn't do like more of a story of from like another point of view or something or mm. or or even in the film sort of here's what other survivors are doing in the same situation i bet they're handling well, a lot better than the people in the library yeah i think as you said that it's fine it's fine to have a human story at the center of these things because these stakes are so fucking massive you need you need a point of focus don't you you need yeah. you need some way to kind of like have emotional stakes rather than just oh it's bad everything's dead and and you know maybe something to fight for so so you know dennis quaid has not been the most attentive father he was late that one time to take his kid to the airport so he can't be late now because snow happened and you have that and it's it's just not a very compelling narrative it's just especially as jakey g doesn't seem to need him at all no no initially the plan was for him to be 12 years old not to general, but they have a twelve-year-old, and I think that, that would, would have make been, more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But and and also, um, Dennis Quaid's character is kind of—I don't it, like. So he's an uber nerd, like climate nerd, so like a paleon climatologist. Mm. Yet he's also at the same time a rough and tough action hero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah, I, I'm all, not they... used to seeing myself represented on screen that way, but there we are. I know, man. Do you feel seen? Finally, it was only me and Tony Stark. <laughs> and Indiana Jones, he's the university professor in his day to day. That's true, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I suppose maybe I've been, uh, yeah, covered. So yeah, you're fine. Were you still entertained by this movie? Yes. The, the so the so the action scenes, and that is what I put it on for was the um the sort of the the disaster, the the the, the extreme weather. What what I quite like was that it's not just one type of weather. So it's not like, I mean, I've not seen Twister for years, but it's not like where it's Twister, it's just a tornado and everything is a tornado. So you have, you've got the set piece with massive hurricanes and tornadoes, and then you've got the set piece with hailstones, and you've got the set piece with uh, things freezing out of the sky because it's so cold, and then you've got the flood and the tsunami. So you've got all this tension from lots of different types of weather. Mm. Yeah, you're pretty much covering your bases. Yeah, 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 yeah. Extreme heat, I think, is the only one that doesn't really get a look in. That's true. Um, and earthquakes. So from, from from that point of view, yes, absolutely. From the, I guess, the human side of it, not really. I don't know. It, and I was surprised by how calm everything is. Perhaps that's why, because, I mean, he said that it was, Emmerich, Emmerich said that it was more to 
show people uniting out in the face of a disaster. So I suppose if you've got maybe people fighting out amongst themselves, so there wasn't even a kind of, no, you, you, you know, in sort of disaster films where there's almost the people who deserve to get it sort of thing, isn't there? Mm. That, that's that's quite a trope. I mean, that's probably more of a 70s, 80s, 90s trope, but that doesn't... You know, I was expecting, had I not seen it before, I'd have expected the the vice president turned president to die in some horrific way. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, the yeah. one that ignored the scientists. Yes, yeah, but in the end, he was the president. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's what happens when when you ignore the science, man. Bad things will happen to you because they tried to warn you, and it's your own hubris, and you know, and and that's the whole thing. But no, none of that. Yeah, at the end, he's actually in a better yeah. place. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's now he's got president. power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, so apparently uh, the, the the Red Cross had several stands at theatres in America featuring leaflets with information on what to do to keep safe during tornadoes, floods and blizzards for concerned people who just seen the film. <laughs> and the US Army loaned several Blackhawk helicopters to the rescue scene at the end, prompting the Canadian authorities to reassure the people of Montreal they weren't being invaded by the Americans. <laughs> I mean, some of it yeah. is, is quite cold. Like when he just draws a line and says, basically anyone above the above this line, forget about them. Try and save the people below the line. Well, when you when you're above that line in in good old Blighty, when the, yeah. your entire nation has been uh, frozen out, it's uh, it's a bitter pill to swallow. We've got the gold stream, we're fine. But it, yeah, it's it's interesting. No, it it, it um it's, it's 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 a good film. There were, I mean, of the science is nonsense. There were, I think, the way people behave is is, is a bit strange. Like, why are they doing that? And you're right. It is weirdly calm. Yeah, everyone's actually yeah, yeah. like they, there are people panicking around, but our main people don't seem to be that sort of pressed up against it. They've got to run away from stuff sometimes, like whether they're being chased by CGI wolves or frost. Like Jake Gyllenhaal and and his friends, so everyone's really concerned about um, Jake Gyllenhaal's father getting there. But what about everyone else that's got parents or probably doesn't now, and mm. or, or siblings and stuff? And nobody really, nobody's talking about any of that. Um, there's no looting or anything. But is Jakey G going to get his end away? That was the drama that I was watching that movie for. Well, that's is why he, he going to hook up? That's why he joined the team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Is he going to hook up with Emmy Rossum? Oh, I'm so invested. God, it's so it's so good to see like ridiculously good-looking people getting together at the end. Oh, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy. I'm not at all bitter or lonely. Shut up! No one said that. Um, I think that's probably it's it, it's it's um it's a good film. It's a good spectacle film. I think it would be nice to see it on the big screen if you could just add out all the human drama and the or lack of drama in the middle. Well, see, that's something I would actually go and see in 4DX. Oh totally yes, it's, yeah, it's a good film for that. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> see, see that that sort of thing with you know when when the the big tidal wave comes, you get sprayed in the face with some water, maybe yeah. a icy cold blast. Obviously, you got the the sort of the smoke and yeah, that would be awesome. There's something about it. It's very watchable. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's intellectual poison, but goddamn is if it isn't disaster porn. Possibly not as much as 2012, which you went on about a couple of years later. Yes, I remember seeing that in the cinema. That was uh, that was not good either. So yes, well, the day after tomorrow is a is a great pick because it, it's what you think of. That it, it, it's those images dominate the 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 thought of if you've got a weather movie, you're just like, yeah, yeah okay, the the Statue of Liberty being hit by a wave and frozen and the Hollywood sign, you know, it just, yeah, they're iconic. 
And so that's where my mind went. Initially, it went to that. And I thought, no, I think Rob's going to pick that. Yeah, yeah, I, had, yeah. I just had a feeling that you were going to. It, it covered all the bases. And, it, and the fact it didn't have a sequel as well. Yeah. Like, because I yeah, had to check. Yeah. See, I would be more interested in the month after tomorrow, which is like rebuilding. Yeah rebuilding the northern hemisphere of yeah, the yeah, world yeah. I, yes and, and the different I, I kind of that. things yeah you know i like see what happened afterwards yes yeah so so that that would be a thing but you know the year after tomorrow yeah well you can you can go on the decade mm. the, the hundred years after tomorrow <laughs> you know loads um yeah well okay well good pick good Thank pick you. in fact let's go let's go back to the uh let's go back to the script where did you say the uh, you said that film really it, shook oh, you up I as said a kid. It's a great choice. It shook me up as a kid. No, it didn't. <laughs> the <laughs> idea of a sudden global weather catastrophe was terrifying. I just, just if I could have a bit of input there, I'm going to, as it's a sudden global weather catastrophe. I'm going to take out the word terrifying and put preposterous. But other than that, the copy's good. Yeah, and the special effects were really impressive too. The scenes in New York City being engulfed by massive tidal wave, frozen over by a sudden ice age, were just jaw dropping. Just eclipsed by better I effects. Could not, I could not believe what I was seeing. <laughs> yeah, you haven't picked your jaw off the ground yet. No, I mean, I would say for this script, it, it does really bring out your dismissiveness because I say it's just George Robin. You go definitely. Yeah, my pick for this week is. <laughs> so, Robert, would you like to know my pick? Yes. It's not Into the Storm. Okay. I haven't even seen Into the Storm. Neither have I. So I struggled with this a little bit. Because I was kind of like, I thought of sort of natural disaster movies, mm. but then that's not really weather. That's extreme weather. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, so I, I kind of thought of, the first film I thought of was Dante's Peak. Okay. Because, you know, I'm a Bros fan. You are. Um, but while that does deal with it, it's more about the volcano. And the same with the film Volcano. That's more about a volcano. Um. So I was like, okay, no, weather, weather. Hmm. And and then I then I was thinking like I don't know why I was thinking like weather scenes in movies. So and I was thinking of all the things that rain can mean. Mm-hmm. You know, after after it in The Lion King, the rain is 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 life coming back to Pride Rock after after everything's burnt. Yep. Spoilers. Um in in Sam Raimi's Spider Man. Uh, it's it's showing that Mary Jane is getting the tinglys after kissing Peter upside down. It, that's it's a heavy-handed metaphor. But then I thought, no, 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 rain. That I'm, rain. I'm on something with rain. So I went with 2014's Noah. My father said that one day, if man continued in his way, he's... the Creator would annihilate this world. Can I not be averted? He speaks to you. You must trust that he speaks in a way that you can understand. I saw water. Death by water. That's on your life. A great flood is coming. We build a vessel to survive the storm. We build an ark. What do you want? You don't know your king. I have men at my back. And you stand alone and defy me. I'm not alone.
house. That's the end of everything. Beginning. Beginning of everything. Ah, okay. So you got for a documentary film? Yes. Yes. I hadn't seen it before. No. Um, and no. I was I was curious about it because it's Darren Aronofsky. And uh, I like his work. And yeah, so yes, as you said, based on the definitely happened true story of Noah and the Ark, it it goes its own way with it. Russell Crowe is in it. I, I should probably pull up the actual fact file rather than just winging it, shouldn't I? Well, I remember that one. It had some pretty intense sequences, like when they get caught in the eye of the storm. And I thought the use of found footage in Star really added to the realism and the tension of the film. To the realism. A Noah found footage movie would be amazing. Would, yeah. I mean, there'd be questions about it, but... I question the authenticity of this. Uh, directed by Darren Aronofsky, written by Darren Aronofsky and Ari Handel, starring Russell Crowe, Jennifer Connelly, Anthony Hopkins, uh, Ray Winston, uh, Emma Watson, Logan Lerman, your favourite, Percy Jackson himself. I'm not a religious man, but I I do I do respect that the the impacts that the Bible and other religious works have had on fiction in general. I mean, there are parables, there are fables, there are allegories that that really just like permeate. Pick a movie, and you can probably find some kind of biblical, not necessarily reference, but maybe parallel to the whole thing. You know, it's it's just it's just insane. And and you know, Noah was the was the OG doomsday prepper. Right? That was on the poster as well. He's the OG Doomsday Prepper. Sorry, was it on the poster? No. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't actually know what was on the poster, other than Russell Crowe. So, yeah, a Biblical Epic is not something that, that I really go in for. But I gave this a shot because Darren Aronofsky, and I'd heard mixed things about it. And, oh, God, it's such a strange, strange movie. I mean, even... Even taking out the two of every animal, building an ark, and and whatever. And apparently, this was this was Darren Aronofsky's like passion project. He's wanted to do he wanted to do this film for a long, long time. Hmm. He even did a poem called "The Dove" based on the Noah story from the Bible, and and it, and his teacher put it forward for some sort of award or whatever. And as a result, she's actually an extra in the movie. Okay. Yeah, his actual teacher. She's she she. I think she greets Noah at one point, and then she's also a floating corpse. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that was his way of saying thank you. I guess it's definitely a Darren Aronofsky film. And if you've seen if you've seen something like Black Swan, I have, and whatever the, the the sort of you didn't. No. It's not. It's not a fun movie, is it? It's a good movie, but it's not fun. Or did you not think it was a good movie? Full stop. Uh, it was all right. Fair enough. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I remember. I prefer the wrestler of of the two because I know they're kind of like a um, they're a, a pair. Initially, he'd actually planned to do it as one film that you'd sort of see a wrestler's rise and fall and then a ballerina's rise and fall. Oh, I was going to say if it was Mickey Rourke squeezing into a tutu. <laughs> yeah, the wrestler is very very good. Kind of the same thing. It's it's a lot of his films are about uh, an obsession something that drives someone and obviously Noah gets a a vision of the end of the world and it's shot in a very trippy style i mean there you know there he gets a lot of these kind of apocalyptic visions about everything being flooded 
and you know kind of hands coming up to reach him he gets one of the things where it's flooded and then he can see all the animals swimming up to some floating thing above him he can't quite make it out he gets another one of man in general uh led by ray winston and they're all bad and they they eat meat as well this is a very pro vegetarian vegan type movie uh because they don't eat the beast okay they 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 eat what the creator he's never referred to as god uh it's always the creator has a, you know nature's bounty rather than animals so the animals that are killed um it's always for a reason to show that how far man mankind has gone in terms of our barbaric and vicious ways so it's a very strange one because i was like okay this at some point you know you you're kind of watching this and it's it's very you know it, it's 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 very kind of people in rags talking seriously about stuff you know as as you'd expect from this sort of movie and i was like at some point this is going to have to take a wacky, wacky turn when the animals show up and he puts them in a massive boat and, and casts off. And to be honest, it actually makes that transition quite smoothly. It, it, it has some very, very strange stuff in it. As I said, some of the imagery is, is genuinely fantastic. You have one shot which reminded me of the bomb POV shot from Pearl Harbor. But it's a it's it's the it's a raindrop POV shot going down and then splish splashing on on Russell Crowe's forehead. Okay. So you know, you know, this is no origin story. So we see his dad killed in front of him when he was a kid. We see him have a family with Jennifer Connelly, and they come across uh, a girl in some sort of you know raided village or whatever, and she's she's got some sort of gut injury and she's bleeding out but they managed to save her and that girl is uh emma watson and so you have the 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 brothers the well his sons but the brothers and and their adopted sister and yeah so you have all this stuff going on and noah he starts off you know he's he's like the blues brothers he's on a mission from god <laughs> and he's he's grappling with with this whole thing that he's been sent these apocalyptic kind of images and and he he talks to methuselah who's anthony hopkins being very welsh he's noah's grandfather so noah's son is his great great grandson i but anyway they have a whole discussion about berries and then methuselah talks about craving berries then he gets to be mystical and welsh mm. it's nice berries a methuselah it's not a million miles away from his accent. <laughs> Do you know? Well, I mean, he is Welsh. Uh, yeah, no, I know, but that's that's what I mean. You know, it, it's it's kind of nice to hear. And plus, you know, when I think of the Welsh accent, it, it it does fit those things. It's been around for Welsh people and plays have been around for at least five years now. <laughs> at least, yeah. So he sets about building an ark. And the thing I didn't tell you is there are giant rock monsters in this as well. I remember them from the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Well, they are actually fallen angels okay. uh, that were cast out of heaven, I guess, and and they so they they're these these beings of pure light who kind of crash land on Earth and then get sort of 
stuck in the rock and clay and and whatever and it's and it's a cool image Thor, love and thunder well actually they're not a million miles away from korg yeah it's surprisingly sci-fi this whole thing and and it does have if you forget the bible stuff it does have a post-apocalyptic feel to it all and apparently that was intentional darren aronofsky wanted it to either be set in the past or the very distant future you know humanity just has to start again so so there are uh rock monsters one's voiced by nick nolte and they are the watchers they are the these fallen angels who noah then convinces them to help build an ark and so that's it a lot of a lot of it is is uh ray winston who's who's the descendant of cain as cain was the one who killed abel you know, men are, they're, they're too wicked. They're too wicked. And I don't mean that in a 90s skate kid kind of way. I mean in the old school, Old Testament kind of way. Wicked. Uh, they are well wicked. and uh, Sick. And God, yeah, God wants to be done with them. So, you know, he, he thinks, flood, let's do it. And so, yes, you've got... Sorry, do, you, do, you see, uh, do you see God? Do you see the face of God? No, you see... Russell Crowe staring up at the clouds a lot. <laughs> God is conspicuously absent hmm. from this movie. I like because you you have Ray Winston because he feel he he believes he's been talking to God as well, and he brings up the damn good point that he was made in God's image. Hmm. So maybe God does look like Ray Winston. That would explain the Bat Three Six Five adverts where he just sort of appears as a giant flying. He's head. a yeah he's a, yeah he's got he's got powers. But then at some point he's he's like cursing the very sky, the fact that God isn't answering him anymore. Because we know that God plays favourites, which he really does in the Bible. I, I tell you what, I'm not liking this God fella. He he doesn't he doesn't seem to be full of that whole mercy and kindness that he's meant to be. What, he's Old very Testament? quick with the old oh, Old Testament God, Jesus. He's uh no, well, that's not New Jesus. Testament. That's New Testament, yeah. <laughs> old Testament God. Um don't piss him off. So yeah, so they're they're building. Our next you know, podcast is going to be a Sunday school one. Oh, oh that would be amazing. We could review Sunday School Musical, which was a knockoff that they did of High School Musical. So that's both our things right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look that up for next time. You know, we have things like a whole forest being grown from a single seed. So they have wood to build the ark. There are some amazing visual effects. There are some less than amazing visual effects. In this movie, I mean, and and certainly the the sort of animals, kind of trooping a procession towards the ark is is, you know, you got this wide sweeping shot of it all happening, and you know, it it just doesn't look great. It is what it is, but there are some genuinely great effects and amazing kind of like little sort of filmmaking techniques. There's one that he does a couple of times, which is almost like. A rapid series of still photos, but like a, almost like a time lapse type thing, showing how the Earth began and how how something went from you know a, a collection of cells to something that can swim in the water and then get out of the water. You know the whole evolving type thing. There's also one which implies that all of humanity's violence, which again the, I think the Bible implies as well, is is kind of after that one thing of Cain killing Abel. So you have a silhouette of Cain stoving Abel's head in with a rock. And as he kind of does this almost like clockwise swing, 
because the guy's lying down. You've got all the fighting throughout the ages. So you, you see that, you know, in different kind of still images, you mm. see uh, the soldier's gun and garb change and you see the weapon that he's holding change as well into more and more advanced kind of things. And you can okay. get one from like modern day. It's a, it's, it's very, very hard to explain, but it's incredibly visually striking. It's, mm. it's, it, it, that, that image will stick with me for quite a while. And, you know, Aronofsky rules at that sort of stuff. I got into this movie more than I thought I would. Hmm. And partly because I, it's so damn ambitious. I, yeah, I, I remember it, that being most of the feedback at the time was that it was, you know, for one thing you definitely could, you couldn't criticize it for was lacking ambition, that it was a huge epic film. Yeah. And it, and it really goes for it. It really goes for it. And I think, I think, um, it's, I think it's a good performance by Russell Crowe. I mean, mm. you know, he's meant to be kind of stoic most of the time. Um, he goes through a lot of different hairstyles um, as he ages. Jennifer Connelly, Jennifer Connelly actually seems weirdly miscast because there's, and I don't say that, but I, I love Jennifer Connelly, but like she, she does like there's, there's one scene where she does some proper acting. Hmm. Where she's where she's all upset and hurt with Noah and whatever, and it it seems kind of out of place because everyone else is so stoic and and kind of like miserable and serious, and then then there's kind of this real kind of emotion coming from her. Logan Lerman plays his son, called don't laugh Ham. Yeah, I know, but it is funny because Ham runs off at some point. So you do have quite a few characters running through the forest going, Ham! once you've got in your head that, you know, they're looking for the, for the, the cured meat it does become a little funny. <laughs> and Emma Watson, surprisingly not bad. I've, I've not, I've never rated her as an actor particularly. And I find her a distracting presence. I don't think she's, she's never, she's never in the scene for me. It's always Emma Watson being in the scene. Well, maybe that's your association with the the actor yeah probably i mean no and and it's a personal bias that i'm qualifying but i'm and i'm not saying it's a it's it's a hugely bad thing and i wouldn't i wouldn't send her messages on instagram and you're not allowed to anyone you got, you got blocked <laughs> uh don't put that out there i'm not that, i'm not that kind of guy <laughs> you brought it up i've i haven't been blocked by anyone as far as i know my dms are open ladies <laughs> she she's pretty good. What? What now? You <laughs> just went from <laughs> sort of annoyed that I, I was implying that you've been blocked to by Emma Watson to being yeah yeah. <laughs> from, I know that I was implying you were a sex pest to being a sex pest. <laughs> at least I went. I went. My DMs are open rather than I know your DMs are open. Expect something later. Like that's the creepy bit. My DMs are open. It's fine. They can choose to interact with me. Maybe they want some sexual pestering. This is the same person <laughs> who a few episodes ago was complaining about men doing that sort of thing. I Quite know the they're disgusting. So yeah, I I I properly got into it. I think treat it as a post-apocalyptic movie because hmm. the because the, the 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 bible stuff i i was looking at some of the reviews on imdb and a lot of the one star reviews came from people who were saying that it wasn't anything like the original biblical story and uh and laughably used the phrase it wasn't historically accurate i i think in terms of taking that sort of that story and, and expanding on the mythology. And this is like a mythology movie. There's one shot in particular where you've got 
uh, Ray Winston's armies attacking. They're trying to board the Ark. They're trying to stop them leaving and trying to board the Ark and take it for themselves. And you've got the the rock monsters. They've got chains between them. They've made they forge chains, so they're like a defensive wall. And because it studs to rain and stuff as well, it's like Helm's Deep. And you even have like mm. proper sweeping shots across the battle. It's it's really like an epic fantasy type thing. And then when they're actually on the Ark, there there comes a whole thing where Emma Watson's character, Ela, she because of her previous injury beforehand, she's she's unable unable to to have child as they say she's she and she doesn't see rather touchingly she doesn't see a place in this new world for as she describes it a barren woman and because she's she's in love with his eldest son and they, they've got together but and he he wants a family but she can't give that to him by some miracle methuselah gave her the, the, the magic touch on the tum-tum and she's able to get pregnant now. And it also it also makes her incredibly horny. Because <laughs> then then Shem, I think, is looking for her in the forest. And she finds him and like almost takes off his face with a huge snog. So and I use the word snog because I said about that in the Harry Potter thing. So she just she's absolutely like she's trying to eat half his face. So she she caught she caught the horny. And and she's pregnant. But Noah seems to think that that he's gone all fundamentalist on the whole thing. And he's like, he's come to the conclusion that humanity, including them must be the last that humanity must end. Mankind must end. And there's a really, really chilling scene where they're on the, they're on the ark. And you don't see much of the animals actually, funnily enough, it's a side point, but they use some sort of incense burner to make some drugs that put them asleep. Hmm. So you don't, you, it's not as if you've got kind of, lions and zebras and shit ah, right. okay. running about but so so you've got the sort of there's a roaring fire in the in the kind of arc in an actual kind of thing and and you know they're all camped around and whatever and you're hearing the screams of people outside as the waters are rising and they're clinging you get one shot of the arc kind of far away and you've got like people you know kind of just clinging to this rock and like just falling to their doom and whatever and and uh, one of his sons says, "Why not? Why can't we just like drag something behind us, like a rope or something? Where, you know, there's plenty of room." And he coldly says, "There's no room for them." Hmm. And he also, this is the thing with Ham. Ham has an interesting arc where he wants Which to know as well the arc. Yeah, yeah. My arc, my rules, not on my roof. <laughs> so he he's he's gone into into the forest to find a wife. And he finds a, a he bonds with this girl, who I guess her entire family is dead and whatever. And he wants to bring her back onto the ark, and she gets trapped in a rudimentary bear trap that they all had in biblical times. And um, they can't free her. And, and Noah comes along, and he 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 grabs Logan Lerman, gets him out of the way. And the girl is still stuck there, and he just leaves her to die because there's a there's a horde of like rampaging, angry dudes coming, and she just gets trampled. And you see that. So Ham has this this kind of ridiculous, well, and justified resentment for his father. Then, yeah, like he's this is you know he's 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 seen through his dad now. He can't see his dad in a different way anymore. Like you know, this is this is it. He is the murderer of his potential happiness, but also, you know, he, that girl was innocent. So then it almost becomes like 
kind of like almost an abusive relationship type thing because the people are stuck with Noah on this thing. And now Hila is pregnant. And he said, if she gives birth to a man, that's fine. He'll live his life and he'll bury the youngest of us. You know, if it's a girl, I'll kill her. Wow. So you've got this sort of ticking time bomb thing yeah. then of her, you know, going to give birth. And he is, he is kind of definitely got more wild eyed and more crazy and kind of his, his faith is, 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 you know, being tested and he's kind of whatever, but he's going to kill this kid. And, and, you know, he, he really becomes the kind of, they're, they're sort of just trapped in this thing with this psycho and, and his eldest and Ela, they want to make it safe. So they build like a little, boat that they've got like a month's worth of food on or whatever and they're just going to escape before she gives birth just to just to get safety hmm. and he burns it hmm. so it goes some very very interesting ways and yeah, when yeah, they yeah. actually get to land spoilers <laughs> he gets initially alienated by his family he ends up on the beach drunk out of his mind he's just drinking wine until he passes out because you know it, and and that's the thing and, and ham can never see him in any other way now and apparently this was this was a whole thing in the bible that it's never said what causes ham to turn on his dad to to kind of walk away but he saw him in his nakedness yeah. and could never see yeah, him yeah. kind of so so that's that's the whole kind of thing so i guess he saw the sort of madness in his dad and uh and and kind of walks away and, and walks into exile or whatever there is there is some kind of actual you know there there's a vaguely happy ending for Noah. he gets kind of he he does get his shit together to kind of get a family and realize that actually this is it was seeing the goodness in people as well. It wasn't just man was being punished for his wicked ways. God gave him the power to choose over who should live and who should die, basically. And um, and plus, there's a whole there's a whole thing. Then when they've got uh, Noah on the thing and he's being all murderous, there's also Ray Winston who managed to get aboard the ark. He's a stowaway. <laughs> that that yeah seriously it sounds ridiculous and it is but also it's kind of brilliant at the same time and ham is helping to keep him alive and so he's been poisoning him against his dad yeah as well kind of like and eating some of the animals to stay alive it is a bananas movie it is it is insane and you know, I mean the the thing is Noah is yes very complicated in the fact that he. De- Definitely kills a bunch of people. Um, Marauder's trying to get on the ship, and he's willing to stab up a baby. I mean, you know, it, it's it's not a good look for him. Oh, what an insane, insane movie! And what I liked is the first, like, kind of proper drop of rain comes at almost exactly halfway through the movie. So you have this foreboding throughout, like whether it's yeah. going to be a thing. Yeah. And I must admit, when it starts like properly coming down, it is just as epic and and worthy of the biblical scale that you'd think and especially when it starts rushing from the ground as well and you've got all this stuff it's it's great and as i said it's crazy ambitious like even even if it doesn't properly work and it's certainly not my favorite aronofsky movie i kind of respect it for what it is yeah it's just one type of weather though just one type of weather. Um you get a rainbow at the end that's nice ah, okay. as weather right okay uh, yeah yeah and yeah as Dolly Parton said, you can't have a rainbow without the rain. Yeah, exactly. He does have a vision in which everything is burning. Does burning count as weather? I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, okay, so two 
two and a half maybe in terms of the different types of weather you definitely have you definitely have me on weather variety there's um, a really good um john finnamore sketch on the radio where about building the ark about needing another ark to keep the the prey animals and the predator animals separate and then another ark because some of the animals breed like much quicker than you know like every yeah. couple of days so after 40 days how many sort of like rabbits and things you have or so to sort of keep the animal gender separate but then also <laughs> yeah, you, need, you need to feed the uh the the prey uh, the sort the predator animals as well otherwise you know other, so otherwise the lions won't survive asleep. not yeah, if they're yeah. all asleep you know what I learned as well, this is one of the sort of goofs. Again, I don't look at the goofs as a way to mark down a movie, but it's mm. certainly interesting. When he puts the elephants to sleep, elephants only sleep for about four hours because uh, they, they sleep lying down. And if they're down for any longer than that, uh, their weight will crush their innards. Oh, wow. So so they cannot sleep for longer than four hours because they're, yeah. So, so maybe so they he, needed to mark up some sort of like um, spit. To just rotate, <laughs> like, to rotate just, the elephants just, every four hours. Just have a, just just have a turnover service where you have a nurse come in <laughs> and just check for bed sores and just kind of just shift the elephants over to the other side. She's got to be got to be strong in the upper body. Hmm. Um, shift the elephants over, or maybe wake them up just so they can have a bit of a walk around the ark and then and then get comfy again. And I, I'm, I'm not saying this if you are if you are Christian and especially like a fundamentalist Christian, you're probably not listening to this anyway because everything we talked about is blasphemous. But I I think if I were Christian, I probably I probably would I I would believe in the allegorical thing. I would believe that these were these are stories that teach a lesson rather than this is what actually happened. And so having seen reviews talking about oh well, what would you expect from an atheist director? Or this is definitely meant for the secular crowd and all this crap. And it's just like... Is, is he an atheist, though? Because Mother's pretty um, religious, isn't it? I have no idea. Maybe he just likes religious iconography. I mean, he could be religious. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I imagine they would probably, probably kind of look up whether he's actually a Christian or not before they had a go at him. But then, who knows? But, uh, yeah, so while... I wouldn't be in a rush to watch Noah again. Mm. I enjoyed my time with it. Has to be said, yeah. and and it, it is, yeah. It, it's I would say overall, it's probably an ambitious miss. But damn, if it hasn't got some interesting stuff in it, it's good. I I recommend a watch. Okay. Just just see it. It's on Disney Plus. So that was my pick. Nice. So two about the rain. Two quite different, but both scientifically uh, inaccurate weather-related yes. films. Yeah, don't don't be trumpeting your like of these films at any sort of science talk convention, anything with uh, anyone who believes in fact and science is going to have a bad time if they come into these movies expecting that to be reflected back at them. Uh, I would certainly say The Day After Tomorrow is more fun, but then Noah actually gets close to an actual film sometimes. So That's true, know. and I guess... Um... Maybe your film could stop people going to hell. So, yeah, well, that's the that. thing. If you don't choose me to win this month, you're going to hell. Okay, so. that's it for this week. Thank you very much for your time and thank you for listening. We'd love to have your feedback. Please email podcast at popcornbucket.com. You can find us on Instagram at popcornbucketpod or over on Twitter at popcornbucketpd. Thank you so much to Lawrence Owen of Lunkham Media for the theme music. If you're able to, it'd be great if you could rate the episode wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe and share. Many thanks. Take care. And see you next episode. What he said. Wait, no, no, no. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. I gotta, I gotta. You gotta do the end bit from the script. 
Have I gone to the NBA? Oh. Well, those are two great picks. Well, those are two great picks, but ultimately, it's up to our listeners to decide which one they think is the best. So be sure to let us know in the comments and tune in next week for another episode of the Popcorn Bucket Podcast. Hell yeah. What I did that hell yeah. Is that all right? Yeah.